Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. DeBolt. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolt's with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And you know what that means? It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That is FlyWithJT.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, as well as stay connected to everything going on in the high-altitude community. So many cool things coming down the road and uh, really stoked about the things that uh, we're going to be sharing with you. So get yourself over to flywithjt.com and uh, stay connected to us here in the high-altitude community. You know, today um, I want to take a little bit of a divergence from what we talk a lot about with high-performance, although I think this is very much a high-performance conversation. It's less strategy less, you know, less tactics, less technique. But I think it's a very important philosophical conversation because it's a leadership. Truly, at the end of the day, that's what this is about, is leadership. And it's something that I have noticed for a very long time. I'm sure you have as well. If you are somebody who sees yourself as a leader, if you're a student of leadership, um, if you're a student of, you know, just making the best life you can for yourself, you've likely seen a lot of this coming up and it's probably a little bit disturbing to you just as it is for me what i'm noticing is sort of a trend it's a trend that um it's not new by any means and and by no means am i the first person to bring this to light but it's something that i finally felt like really had to be a part of the high altitude discussion you know it just feels like to me there's a major disconnect and it's it's more than just a communication problem. It feels like nobody listens anymore. And I don't want to say nobody. It's a very much a generalization. But there's a trend where people tend not to listen. But, but at the same time, everybody's yelling, right? It's sad. It's even disturbing. And in my estimation, it will have huge repercussions down the road. You see it. In kind of a lot of different things, there's you know a lot of talk about athletes not standing for the national anthem, and we make snap judgments as to why that's wrong or if it's wrong or how it's right or why it's right, and and then the two sides go to war. You know, it's it's kind of this line in the sand: either you're with us or you're against us. That attitude. You see this a lot. In fact, it came up in the debates, the presidential debates the other night. I, I didn't watch the debates, but I'm told that it was pretty much. Uh, a clown show, you know, it was a circus of two immature adults basically not talking about any kind of policies and not talking about any kind of issues, but rather just bad-mouthing each other. And then what's crazy about it is the people that follow those two candidates do it to each other. They don't even know each other. It happens a lot online, by the way. You see it in everyday life, and you see it in the business world as well. And it's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of really amazing things that could happen 
if there was less of this, if there was more people that, that said, hey, you know, I, I'm going to put down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop my weapons. I'm going to drop my guns. I'm going to drop my knives and swords and all the, all the, you know, trappings of war to have a peaceful conversation and just see what happens. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it be crazy if we had the emotional intelligence, the emotional uh, maturity to be able to actually conduct ourselves like leaders? As a society, I'm not saying individually, I'm, there's a lot of great people out there that could do this and would be fantastic in higher levels of leadership, whether it's politics, sports, business, doesn't matter. So if you're a leader yourself, if you see that in, as part of who you are, and you're here to commit yourself to greatness and to helping other people be great, I really want you to listen in today with an open heart, an open mind. And, and understand if there are areas where you find this happening in your own life, how you can change that course. If you experience it from other people, it can be very frustrating. It can be so frustrating when you feel like, wow, I'm not being heard. This person's shutting me out. And you're trying to be the bigger person. You're trying to be the one that brings a level head and critical thinking to it. Let's talk about this today. The way I see it, how we can kind of reverse this trend there's lots of different ways and and by the way this is just the beginning this is a if anything this is a preamble this is an appetizer this is you know just the the very first scratch of the surface we could go much deeper on this and i challenge you as my high altitude listeners to really think deeply about this and it doesn't matter whether you're hearing this now you know in late september of 2016 just a couple of months away a couple of weeks away really from from the from the vote and it doesn't even matter if it's not a political conversation, not just about politics. In fact, politics are a very small part of it. It has a lot to do with the way we see ourselves as a society, how we treat each other as fellow citizens of this planet, and really how we conduct ourselves individually. The first part that I see is that we have to be able to drop the ego, put our agendas aside, and, and get rid of this need to be right. To me, I feel like that's the biggest thing. People feel this need to be right. Maybe it's because when they were younger, they weren't acknowledged. Maybe when they were younger, they were constantly berated and told they weren't good enough. I, 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 there could be a litany of reasons why people as, as a society have this sense of insecurity that they constantly have to be right. Maybe there's a rush, like an adrenaline rush or a dopamine rush that happens when we get acknowledgement from other people. Maybe it is that like lack of emotional not just intelligence, but emotional maturity that we seem to have as a society. I don't know what it is. But I believe the very first step is we have to be willing to be courageous enough to drop the ego. We have to be willing to drop our own agendas. I, I realize that your agenda is yours. I get it. And it's important to you. It doesn't mean that it, is, that it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have value or that it's not worthy. But it means for us to even begin the dialogue, we have to both be willing to have this conversation. When I was a kid growing up, I remember in the 80s, there was this big threat of nuclear war. And I could never wrap my head around how the countries couldn't just say, you know what, screw it, let's just not do this anymore. I, I never could understand that as a kid. Now, as an adult, I, you know, I'm starting to see more and more about how difficult that can be. Because if one country goes, you know what, we're just going to drop it. We're going to come to the table, and we're going to, we're going to get rid of all of our nuclear weapons. We hope you do, too. There, you're opening yourself up. 
to be to be attacked, right, and to be taken advantage of. And to this day, you know, we can sit back and go, why can't countries do that? Why can't leaders do that? But we don't do it ourselves. It's so interesting. It does, though. It begins with this ability to drop our own ego, drop our own agenda, and drop the need to be right. You're not going to be right all the time. In fact, chances are you might be wrong more than you're right. And the only way to get out of that loop of constantly making the same mistakes, constantly being in a place where you have to defend yourself, is to stop being in a war or a fight in the first place and start accepting that you might be wrong. There might be a better way. And be okay with that. Be courageous enough to say, hey, maybe there is a better way. And if there is, have the open heart, the open mind to be able to think critically and listen openly, listen actively, and find that resolution. The other thing that I think is important is that we have to admit that we don't know it all. It's not about being right. It's about knowing we don't know it all. I mean, <laughs> if you've ever noticed people that love to talk a lot about things, you know, and they, they love to ram their ideas down your throat, doesn't it feel like they feel like they're know-it-alls? And aren't those people obnoxious? Well, if that's the case, then let's not propagate that either, right? Because here's the fact of the matter is we might be wrong. We might have our, the way we see the world may not be dialed in. But if we are wrong or if we are right, we'll never really know. And the fact of the matter is it goes back to what I said before. It's not about being right. It's about admitting that we don't know all of the facts. If you score a 90% on a test, you're still going to pass the test, but that means that you still, there's 10% you didn't know. Or you didn't know well enough to score 100% on the test. Life is the same way. We're always looking for this 100% compatibility and it doesn't exist. Hey, when things don't work out, we just throw things away. That microwave society, that, that you know, throw it out mentality that we've had for a very long time is not going to work. It's not going to sustain us. And as leaders, we cannot afford to be lazy that way. We cannot afford to have that complacency. We cannot afford to be mediocre. We have to rise above. We have to be able to say, listen, there's more to that. There's more to life than our ability to be right. There's more to life than our ability to pound our chest and to ram our thoughts and our beliefs and our, and our, and our attitudes towards other people down their throats and expect us to be okay with that. Somebody asked me once about what I thought about people standing or kneeling for the, for the national anthem. And, my, and I've said this many times, but, you know, my attitude is this. I served 12 years in the United States Navy, did five deployments, three of which were combat tours. And, frankly, it's, it's not something that I would do. I would not choose to sit during the national anthem. I don't agree with it. But when I see somebody do that, it lets me know that my service was not in vain, because now they have the absolute ability, the freedom to choose to do that without being persecuted. And I've been to countries where that kind of thing would get somebody shot, killed, or at least erased from the population. You know, they'd be detained and never seen again. And that's not the world we want to live in either. But we start to infuse this, like, you're wrong attitude almost in the same way. And that's where it could lead if we're not careful. We don't have to agree with it. But certainly we have to admit we don't know it all. We might have it wrong, or a portion of it wrong. The next thing we have to do is to seek understanding. Now, here's the interesting thing about understanding. It requires a couple of key ingredients. The first one is, we have to be willing to shut our mouths. we got to shut the hell up for just a little bit, and actually listen. But not listen with the sense of hoping for the person stops talking, so now it's our turn. To listen 
to actually hear what they're trying to tell us, to try to understand. The next part is to be able to think critically. Because a lot of times we think we heard something, but in fact it was nowhere near what we actually were being told. It requires having a critical thinking base. It requires being able to take the emotion out of it and use some logic as we process the information. When I teach my course, Flight School to Success, I talk about mental toughness. We teach mental toughness in that course, and I teach it throughout some other programs that I do as a high-performance uh, specialist. And what's interesting is, is that when I'm giving people the tools and the techniques to be able to work through tough, challenging situations, whether it's in their business, their career, or whatever, the, the, the main theme of it is to take the emotion out momentarily and, and replace it with logic and critical thinking so that we can actually troubleshoot, so we can actually create a solution. It doesn't mean that you become an emotionless you know, autobot or autonomon, automaton. What it means is that you absolutely have the ability to take yourself in a compromised place out of it. Right? Sometimes our emotions cloud our judgment. Sometimes our emotions prevent us from hearing or seeing or understanding all of the information. We start to extract only what we want to hear. And so we have to be willing to, to seek understanding. And by the way, it doesn't mean that you have to agree. You don't have to agree with the other side. And it doesn't mean that you have to change your view. This is so important, especially in negotiations. A lot of times people go into this negotiating table and they want to be 100%. Well, I want everything that I've got here. Well, if we don't seek to understand what the other side wants, we can never win. <laughs> they won't win. You won't win. The deal won't get done. And then now our clients or the people we're here to serve, our companies, our families, they won't benefit from that collaboration. We're missing collaboration altogether. It's a huge thing plaguing society today. We haven't decided to listen and work together. Instead, we're trying to yell and be right. The next part that I think is extremely important is we've got to ask, what if? You know, what if this other side has a point? What if their side was, what if their idea was actually implemented? What would happen? What could happen? What might happen? Not what we think is going to happen, but think through it critically. Not from a place of fear, not from a place of ego, not from a place of insecurity, but what would happen? What if we did it their way? What if we actually found a medium ground where we didn't just, con you know, we, we didn't just concede to them, but we found a way that we could meet together, meet in the middle, and actually collaborate and work together? What if? You know, what if there was a way to actually make both sides have a say in it? to help both sides be, you know, kind of a unified front. I think the what-if question is really important, and it's a, it's a question that doesn't get asked enough. And finally, we have to commit to dialogue. Not banter, not negotiation for the sake of trying to win, but open and continued dialogue. Communication. Listen, there are times where the communication is going to break down. There are going to be times when it's going to be, to be tough. It's going to be hard. We're not going to get along. But we have to at least commit to the dialogue. Instead of saying that person or that side is always wrong, i got to get what's right for me. I'm fighting and clawing for every last piece. Instead of being in this fear-based, immature place, insecure place, what if we just opened ourselves up and said, hey, I'm ready for some dialogue? then I believe true change could happen. I truly believe the unification of the, of the world could come back together. 
And this isn't some pie-in-the-sky, ethereal, woo-woo type conversation. This is about being responsible for the next generation. I look at my kids who are 8 and 11, and I think to myself, what kind of a freaking world are we leaving them? What kind of a world are we leading right now? Instead of acting like children, instead of acting like we always have to be right, instead of acting like, man, I'm clawing and fighting for every last inch because that's all I got, maybe it's time to start acting like a freaking adult and stand up with some courage and be a leader for a change. That would be remarkable. I challenge you, my high-altitude friends, to help lead this charge. You want to make more money in business? You want to have more influence in the marketplace? You want to be a more effective leader? You want to win more? This is what it comes down to. It comes down to collaborating. It comes down to understanding. It comes down to admitting we don't know it all. It comes down to asking the what-if question. What if? And seeking out the knowledge that we probably are turning a blind eye to. It's about dropping the ego, the agenda, and that most all-important, almighty need to be right. And it's about committing to a dialogue. A dialogue that's open and earnest and one that continues, continues until, continues forever into infinity as long as we exist here together on this planet. That's what leaders do. And we need more leadership. We need more strong leaders. And I challenge you to seize the mantle of leadership today and every single day and rise with me. Fly on, my for fly on my wing and I'll fly on yours. We'll fly formation together as the leaders that this world needs. Not just this world, but our future world as well. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again soon. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon.